welcome to Blossoming Season podcast and I am your host Dana Taylor. Season 2 is all about men's vulnerability and their journey to self-love. I'll be having conversations with men from different walks of life from across the globe. We'll be unpacking everything from masculinity, what does that look like, childhood traumas, relationships with parents, fatherhood, sex, spirituality, deep healing, grief, adultery, child abuse, financial instability, and the list goes on. For all of the men who have participated, thank you so much. We shall be releasing episodes every Wednesday, 7pm BST time. On that note, enjoy everyone. There is truly so much to learn. Today's episode is with the one and only Mr. Josh Beneventi. He's a HR partner, a disabled vet, a mental health activist, former diplomat, investor and a servant to the people. As a leader within HR, his ability to connect with both logic and emotion is profound. In this episode, we explore Josh's journey of self-awareness, growth, pain, love, joy and success. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the show, Josh, um, Men's Vulnerability uh, Podcast with Blossoming Seasons. Thank you for coming. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. I hope you can say the same. Yes, I can indeed. I've been uh, I've been busy moving things for friends, uh, so I've been quite hands-on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yourself, what have um, It's been a very long week. Um, and we'll probably get into some of it later on, but um, I, I, I think I was able to self-diagnose myself with SAD. And so um, I am only sleeping a couple of hours a night, maybe no more than three. And then the rest of the day, I have energy to do things. So I'm you know, getting things done at work and then you know, um, helping people out and being on Clubhouse. So that's where I'm spending most of my time. And that's, it's been a very busy week. Okay, that sounds, uh, that sounds interesting. I cannot wait to mm-hmm. uh, dive a little bit deeper into that. For sure. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, just to start this off then, I guess, where did your journey begin with vulnerability? Like if you take us straight back into childhood and what did that look like for you? Oh goodness, uh, childhood. I would say that um, it definitely did not nothing happen during childhood because I, I was, raised in a family where you didn't really speak about your emotions I take that back you did not speak about your emotions and so there were so many things that I was exposed to and you know things that I was dealing with as a child from you know what maybe five or six years old all the way through you know 18 and maybe beyond that so um, yeah there was no vulnerability uh, (laughs) in my childhood it really wasn't until maybe um, just about 
a year and two months ago where I started being vulnerable and being comfortable. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that's, that's interesting. And so, so why did that actually happen then? Why did you start a couple of years ago? What was the, the catalyst to, to open that up? Sure. Um, as I'm, you know, as I'm, um, going back and, and looking hindsight, right. Uh, I, I had actually started going through SAD in the fall of 2019, mm-hmm. and it was the fall. So, of course, at that time, I was somewhat depressed and all up in my emotions and not having a whole lot of energy to do things. And so it wasn't until January of 2020 when I said, you know, I just have to do this. I have to take care of this. Yeah. Um, and, um, and that's when I actually started seeking help. Yeah. Well, I accepted my, my, you know, everything that I was dealing with. And then I uh, started seeking help. Sorry, I just had it. You're fine. Situation. Apologies. Um, okay. So, well, that's really interesting. I mean, I've got a friend who's been down, who's, who, who currently is in that, that moment at the moment. And um, she's in the UK. So it's quite a hard one, especially if we don't get a good summer. Um, she's up all the time and I do try and support her where I can. Um, so I guess when it comes to that level of expressing this to friends and family, how, do, how did you go about that? Oh, it was difficult. It was yeah. absolutely difficult. Um, and it wasn't until really I was being honest with myself and accepting and acknowledging everything that was going on that I was more comfortable in, in talking about it. Yeah. You know? Okay. And, and and I think now now I absolutely have no problem. And um, as you as you've seen right in, in in the rooms, I I don't know maybe I'm crazy, but I'm sharing. Um, if I'm in a space and I'm 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 invited to share, then I'll I'll talk about my issues all day. I think I've been in enough rooms where I've hit several different parts of my journey, mm-hmm. but I've never really talked about you know all of it together. Um, so it's just piecemeal in different rooms. Okay, that's interesting. Um... I mean, I guess, I guess it's really a journey for a lot of men in terms of being able to kind of say, I need help or something's mm-hmm. going on. But what I find really fascinating is the fact that you are able to self-diagnose. So that just really shows how proactive you are about your yeah. well-being. Yes, um, it's very new to me. I, I will tell you that. Um, mm. I, I, it was just because I was in a room and I in a clubhouse room and I, and I heard somebody talk about SAD and I researched it and I said, you know, that's very much, it very much sounds like what I'm going through right now or what I've been going through the last two years. Um, I will tell you that I think it was early last week. So not just this recent week. So the, a week, uh, more than seven days ago where, oh, it was after I got my first dose of the vaccine of the Moderna vaccine. Yes, of course my arm hurt and it was a Monday but later that night, I started feeling lethargic and, and um, low energy and fatigue. And it okay. lasted through the following day, the following Tuesday. And I realized that, you know, at, at some points during the evening that, hey, I need to be careful here because I'm starting to feel blue, maybe going down a depression hole. So do whatever I can to lift myself up. And eventually I did. But it was just so interesting how I recognized my feelings in that in you know, that evening and that I had to do whatever I could to try to get out of it and not go down that depression hole. Mm. So, I mean, have you seeked out 
traditional therapy or alternative forms of therapy? I mean, how, how has that looked for you? Sure. So again, last January, when I accepted everything, it was really about um, um, seeking treatment in some way. So I, I did use, um, I started off using Teladoc because my, the company I work for uses, provide it, provides it for free. Um, and then, and then I started seeing my, my own physician at what we in the U.S. call the um, veteran affairs um, health clinics for veterans of, of the U.S. military. Um, depending on how long you served and what you've been through, you can get that um, health care for free for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I started to take advantage of it. And so I started seeing a psychiatrist um, and eventually, and they assigned me medication, all kinds of different ones. And they helped it for a short period of time. But then after that, there was, it was really, it really wasn't much help. And then it wasn't until they referred me to a specialist to do CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. that I was able to really get a sense of everything. So I think it, that it was CBT that allowed me for me to identify and recognize things as I was going through them or as I'm going through them. Okay, well, um, I mean, that's, that's wonderful that you've been able to open that door um, mm -hmm. and to really be able to, to kind of get the help whilst you're going through it and be active enough not to fall into that level of depression mm -hmm. because um, I don't know if you were still in the room when I was doing it on Clubhouse the other night, another gentleman felt very ridiculed when he tried to express this, um, that he'd been going through, uh, you know, a, a probably, you know, a sense of he'd lost his job, a bit of depression, he felt like he needed help and he expressed in the room, I think you ended up getting because there's something happening on the app you ended up coming out yes. and you messaged mm -hmm. um, and he came on stage and expressed this and expressed the kind of shame and the ridicule and that there was really no support for him especially mm -hmm. being an older man he seemed like he was about in his sure. 50s mm -hmm. I mean how do you feel about that in in society I mean in terms of men being able to express themselves freely without that level of ridicule there so, I mean, I think there are a couple of different things to that. Um, unfortunately, right? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be 34 this year. So I'm, I identify as a millennial, but I think there's a term, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, an Xennial or Xennial with an X, yeah. because there's that Gen X millennial hybrid or an elder millennial as um, Eliza Schlesinger, I think, uh, says. Um, uh, that's the phrase that she uses, an elder millennial. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, um, some generations, the generations before the millennials, um, you know, absolutely were taught not to express their emotions, the, the men, mm -hmm. um, or maybe just people in general, uh, to not express their emotions. And then, of, of course, right in the 60s, women, if they started expressing their emotions, they needed to go to therapy and, and mm -hmm. you know, get, you know, get prescribed medication and, and all of that stuff in the, you know, the cleaver, the, the beaver cleaver days. Um, and so it's unfortunate, but I think we're doing a we're going, we're in the right direction right now. We're going in the right direction now where we have a platform such as Clubhouse and, and it, you know, and a lot of other ones, podcasts, whatever media that we have where people are, um, are more comfortable to share what they're feeling. And, you know, we're, we're slowly but surely breaking those barriers um, and those stigmas of not being honest and, and forthcoming and expressing what's going on with us. Because at the end of the day, right, it does, that does build up and it, it, it in the long run doesn't uh, serve anybody um, any good. Um, and so for that gentleman who felt ashamed or, or as he continues to feel ashamed, you know, I, I would 
I, I would love for him and anybody else who feels that way to come into these rooms and hear what you know some of the younger generation or or you know that of uh, that uh, that we're in share these things and, and say and encourage them to that it's okay and empower them to want to share and so hopefully it'll you know it'll do some positive for them well i'm glad to uh, glad to know that you're a supporter there josh um yeah. and uh, yes um i truly believe that across the generations you know you've got people having children for at different age groups as well and they're then reinforcing what they were taught um in terms of expression which is always going to be quite interesting for me. Um, I guess I fall into that mixture because I'm I'm 35 this year, so I'm right. Okay. In, yeah, so I'm right in that. <laughs> we're there. We're there. We're there. We are there. Um, yeah. And I was very much raised by parents that didn't particularly sh express emotions in that respect as well, especially as a dad who didn't have that. It was very military. Like, no, we get the job done. Business as usual. To the point mm. I've got a nickname I call him BAU he's business as usual there's no motion going on it's like straight right. like he, he just gets the job done um which I, I feel that there has to be a, a kind of movement in that for all men because especially when I look at the suicide rates over in the UK um mm. you know three out of four suicides are men and that's a big thing um for me anyway because you know how we how how are women helping men and how are men helping each other helping themselves and this mm -hmm. is so important I feel like it's like a a silent pandemic that's going on sure um sure if, if I may I'd love to comment or, or or go back to one or two things that you were just mentioning I was just writing some yeah, things down yeah. to make sure that I oh, yeah. <laughs> that I chimed in you know yeah. it was interesting uh, earlier this week I think it was Wednesday I was invited to speak and co-moderate a room about intergenerational trauma Ah. and how we can break through and so the things you were just saying about oh you know parents and the way they're raised they're you know they're um, they're not expressing their emotions so of course the kids end up doing the exact same thing mm -hmm. uh, so then you know the room was about well but how do we break through that and of course this dialogue here and many of uh, many of the others that we are having on the app um is you know just a an, a step to absolutely break through those those energy that intergenerational trauma um, and to again allow ourselves to be better um, by you know again expressing whatever it is that we need to express that will hopefully be good for us and then the suicide rate in the UK you said it's high I'm sure it is as well here but it was so interesting um, that actually last year when I was going through this I had again this motivation before the pandemic I was actually trying to find a platform that I could talk about um, veterans and veteran suicide but how to also help vet military veterans um, whether it be you know career you know um, transitioning from the military to you know the the corporate world and, and career advising and things like that but absolutely the suit you know suicide among veterans and veteran men because of course men make up most of the majority of the population yeah. in the military and afterwards because um, I unfortunately well, fortunately or unfortunately, I actually had failed at suicide twice, um, three, four years ago. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it was going through that. And then finally last year, accepting, acknowledging all the, the disabilities that I have um, that allowed that, you know, and they, you know, encouraged me to talk about all of this and to try to help people. And I'm just so grateful for Clubhouse this year that I'm able to, you know, again, have these conversations. And now I have people listening to what I have to say, and I'm helping them in one way or another. Well, 
first and foremost, thank you for sharing. And sure. there is so much power and vulnerability and, you know, being able to express that. And you know what I find really um, beautiful? The way you, sure. the way you, um, you were able to articulate it with so, um, without essentially projecting a heavy emotion with it, which is quite, it's quite mm -hmm. a, um, a, a skill to have and a way to kind of d do that so that the audience can digest this and be like whoa mm -hmm. yeah but then they they don't necessarily go into the like whoa like you know sure. like, they can take it on and be like wow this is and it just really highlights the strength that's within you um as a human being and just how far you've grown like i i like i feel like okay when people see this they're gonna see me smiling well i'm smiling because i'm just so <laughs> sure. happy for you like i'm so you. happy <laughs> that, you, that you you've like had this moment that you can you can speak about that and so many people never get to that point but what i want people to understand is there isn't there is light at the end of the tunnel there is yes. that whole new how could i say blossoming season that happens but there's that moment where you <laughs> there's that moment where you kind of <laughs> where you transition you know and mm -hmm. I did um I did a uh a, a little video for the for a charity last year about suicide and just to kind of encourage people because I know what it's like to be I did well I didn't even know at the time what it was like to be beyond the word rock bottom I didn't know what that was mm -hmm. so when people used to talk to me I was like what the hell are you talking about what right. what and then I understood that you know to be really like in a dark place and the fact that you know the more you persevere the more you are proactive the the easier things become you know and even though it's messy there is there is joy in the mess there is peace yeah in the mess you know and that's what I feel that really just kind of shone out to me just there what are we treat today yeah <laughs> what are we treat to know is your because mm. I my heritage is Jamaican I mean yeah. it's very much like you know you don't you don't talk what my feelings no like you right, don't talk right. about your feelings what is your heritage where, where does that where, where where your where's your family sure in? well i i love that you brought that question up because as you can see when i have the background um and that is actually the u.s territory island of guam so guam is a territory just like of the united states just like the island of puerto rico is uh -huh. so we are one of two uh, one of two um u.s territory. i think actually there might be three or four um so I'm, I'm what is called um, Guamanian or the of the indigenous people. It's, they're called Chamorro or Chamorros, plural, with an S. That's C-H-A-M-O-R-O-S. Um, and so, you know, born and raised on this island, this beautiful tropical island right near the equator above Australia and southeast of Japan. Um, you know, beautiful place. It was, it's very much, you know, Americanized and, and first world, you know, there, there was Kmart and all kinds of things there growing. So, you know, growing up, it's, it's America. And, and actually the, the, the motto of the, of, of Guam is where America's day begins because we're the first, you know, part of America that it, it, they are actually 18 hours ahead. So they're in the future. 
Um, and so, yeah, um, that's actually, unfortunately, the fact that I'm from this island and, and you know, I'm sharing with you, right, what, you know, a little bit about it. Um, I get a lot of weird reactions, or I did, especially um, in the past, where people would ask me, well, what is that? Is that even, are you, do you guys wear clothes there? Um, what is that? Like, what do you guys speak there? And so I would get a lot of that reaction. So again, the childhood trauma, it really started, you know, um, there were, there was childhood trauma, but even beyond the age of 18 going, you know, coming to the mainland United States. Mm -hmm. um, it was as if I, you know, I was absolutely unwelcome. Um, and, you know, unfortunately I did feel that way. And a lot of the times I was alone. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and where I'm from. That's well, thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, and I'd just like to explore a little bit more there because you mentioned about the, you know, people would ask what language do you speak? I'm guessing English is obviously going to be the, the one of the first languages there. Right. Do you have a, um, a mother tongue there, like a, a native tongue? Yes. Oh, you do? Ooh, yes. Ooh, yeah. So, so the name of the people of the indigenous people, Chamorro, is really um, the name of the language as well. Uh -huh. And um, it's really so there's it's a combination or a mixture of the native, true native tongue, but also of Spanish, like uh, you know Spain, right? So because the island of Guam, unfortunately, like a lot of other places, was um, um, conquered by Spain in the, I don't know, 1500 or something like that, or maybe a little bit earlier, a century earlier. Um, and so, you know, uh, just like happened, you know, like a lot of other places back in the day, mm -hmm. Spaniards, the English, they come over, they take over, they rape and pillage, you know, the women mm -hmm. and they, they destroy the children and, and maybe the men. Um, and actually that's how I get my last name. So for anybody that isn't familiar, my name is Josh Benaventi and Benaventi is Spanish but it is a common name on the island of Guam. And there's also a, a, a small town in Spain called Benaventi. Um, so there's, yeah, so I can absolutely trace my lineage back to uh, the country of Spain. Oh, that's interesting. So mm -hmm. is it, the reason why I'm intrigued is because obviously there's like with different languages, there's different ways to kind of express, isn't, isn't there? You know, the way that the language sure. is made up. Um, I, I shouldn't like act like I'm expecting this, but like <laughs> you know, like in like Mandarin, it's a lot more descriptive. That's I was watching a, a, a TED talk, so a documentary on this. I, I get fascinated within linguistics, and um, I just wanted to find out with, in terms of the way you express, is it quite explanatory or is it very kind of I don't know, like is it quite restrictive the the native language? I'm quite intrigued because that might have a kind of... I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, maybe it's not restrictive. I, I will tell you though that, you know, it's been such a long time since I've been there. And I also, other than learning the language when I was in grade school, I, I really never learned um, the native tongue. Um, I was, again, in the, in the in my household, it was expressed to me by those who actually had a hand in helping raise me. And I say that for a reason. Mm -hmm. Those that helped, had a helping hand in raising me didn't necessarily want me to learn the native tongue because they didn't want me to speak. Um, uh, they wanted me to speak English appropriately. And they didn't, you know, they didn't want me to um, start, I can't, I'm, I'm 
forgetting the term right now, but um, they didn't want me to, you know, you know, merge the word, speak broken English. There we go. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't want me to speak broken English. So I didn't really get a chance and I wasn't really motivated anyway to learn um, the native language. And unfortunately for the island of Guam, again, because it's so um, first world and, and, and Americanized that the language is actually dying. And so there are a lot of efforts because I, I have friends that still live there and do work there. Um, there's a lot, there are a lot of efforts to try to push and, and, and reintroduce and um, reintroduce the language so that, you know, it doesn't die away. Um, so think about like the island of Hawaii, they, you know, they, they do have their language, right? Um, but, you know, everybody speaks English, but, um, you know, if you don't encourage and keep on uh, promoting the, the language or just the history, it's going to end up it's going to end up fading and then you know there's not going to be a whole lot else other than what's in the books mm. that's interesting thank you um for sharing mm -hmm. and again you kind of uh you you have you've just touched on the undertones that you do see across um a lot of um a lot of countries that have been taken over that level of needing to assimilate and I see that across Jamaican culture to assimilate to not have patois as the first language to have it as English mm -hmm. so that there is a level of self-acceptance and obviously between be, beneath that are lots of inhibitions um buildings all these insecurities mm -hmm. as you know you're growing up and then th there's a lot of questioning that happens in the mind and then you will restrict yourself on from essentially expressing yourself because that's it's it's I guess it's almost ingrained from when you're a child to not um, express yourself the way freely the way you want to because you've been told no 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 and there's going to be a backlash there's no um, recognition loop of positivity there um, and I, I guess that's what I'm noticing the more I do the podcast with men that there isn't a recognition loop to say this is amazing thank you for expressing I appreciate that um this is how I can try and help you or support you as a man um you know or thank you for sharing your story there's just that because there's a lack of recognition I guess and we all thrive off it to some degree um then it's going to be suppressed um, um, I mean, that, I mean, that's again, intergenerational trauma, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then um, you were just mentioning about, oh, uh, not just recognition, but encouragement. Yeah. There's a lot of discouragement, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so when you encourage, um, yes, people will be more comfortable in doing so. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I've been able to, again, be here with you today is because people have encouraged me in the short time that I've talked about my journey or my stories. Mm -hmm. on the app that it, it again it, it encourages me to con to continue talking and be vulnerable and, and be okay with being vulnerable i mean i think this is you know you mentioned it earlier that you were somewhat surprised at how well i was articulating the things that i had gone through without maybe being triggered or something like that and and uh, I, it's really just been like a practice and again because of the encouragement that i'm more confident and comfortable mm -hmm. in, in talking about what i've been through okay that's good. I like that. Um, <laughs> there was a there was something that you you mentioned before, and I, I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if I should kind of open this up. So you know, it's, do it. Um, feel free. Okay then, I'll do it. Um, you mentioned uh, disabilities and managing those. What 
I just wanted to find out what 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 are those disabilities and how do you manage them? Sure. Um, and so again, because I was in the military and um, I had gone through you know physical pro physical things and and mental uh, mental things that um, we get evaluated at some point as we're about to leave. And then a determination is made about whether or not you are physically or mentally, you know, um, whether being in the military has damaged you in some way, physically or mentally. And so I was, so the US government and uh, everybody recognizes that I am, the term is totally and permanently disabled. Now, um, you know, there, that, there's that term and they don't use that lightly, but it, 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 it's dependent upon a number of factors. And it's really about, Okay, depending on how how hurt you are mentally or physically, what percentage would would somebody rate you at? Um, you know how damaged you are, and so in combined with physical and mental um, disabilities, I am over the the max the maximum is one hundred percent. I am over that one hundred percent maximum. Mm -hmm. So I have mental disabilities. I am I have depression, anxiety, um, and PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, and then physically, although again, you would not, you could not tell this, I actually have four um, issues that make me physically disabled. Um, but again, you couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, somebody asked me about this yesterday. And I said, actually, you know, I have to go look through my, my file, because I truly don't remember what those physical disabilities are. Oh, wow. um, yeah, all I do, all I know is that my body does hurt from time to time. And so I, I have to do whatever I can to take care of myself. So that's what I do from a physical disability standpoint is. <coughs> Sorry. No, no. <coughs> Gosh, I, know that. I was pausing. <laughs> Sorry. Thank I was, you. I was pausing as a, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my physical disabilities, you know, I, I work out almost every day. Um, I have a I have a good diet and, and things like that. So that's how I physically take care of myself. If I could sleep more than three hours, I absolutely would. Okay. My mental disabilities. Um, again, it's been a journey. Um, I've been prescribed medication. I don't take them anymore. I actually don't have any more prescriptions because I don't feel that they are useful. Okay. Um, and again, it's really being aware of how I'm feeling. And again, through the CBT that I went through that I can, I can acknowledge in the moment what I'm feeling or, or anticipate and be proactive. Um, and really it's about talking like we are here or on Clubhouse. I'm being able to talk about it as therapeutic. You know, it's just like, you know, when you go to Alcoholics Anonymous or, or anything like that and you start sharing in the group of people, I mean, you just feel that comfortability knowing that you're in a group of like-minded or um, individuals or people who have experienced or gone through the same or worse than you. Um, and so to be able to share that with no judgment is has been absolutely um, wonderful for me. And so I've been able to do that on Clubhouse. Maybe people are judging me as I'm sharing because of course their mics are muted, right? And I can't see them, but I can't tell that. So I'm perfectly fine um, in that in that space and comfortable in that space. Thank you. Um, I guess that's the power of Clubhouse, isn't it? You know, it's only our voices that are there. Mm -hmm. So this is quite refreshing. So when I'm doing the podcast, I'm enjoying having the face-to-face -face interaction because I'm used sure. to hearing your voice. Um, so it's like, oh, I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I mean, there were a couple of people this week who actually, you know, um, reached out and said, hey, can we have a Zoom call or a FaceTime call or WhatsApp yeah. Um, call because they did want to see my face. I'm, 
I'm an extroverted introvert. If I don't need to, you know, be out there, then I won't. Um, but uh, it was just, it was kind of uh, surprising and humbling, really, uh, that people wanted to see my face and, and talk, have a conversation with me. Some of those conversations lasted 90 minutes or, or an hour. And so, I mean, I think we had some pretty good conversations. See, that's nice. That just goes to show the power of connection, you know, yes. um, especially when we're speaking from our hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, it just shows how much we pick up through listening. And I guess right. Clubhouse has really enhanced my listening skills even more so. Yes. Uh, yeah, because I mean, otherwise, would you take a call, regardless of what platform or what channel, would you take a call from a complete stranger? No. Absolutely not. I don't even want to answer the phone calls that come through and I know who they are. Let's be honest. Someone's calling and like, ah, no, I don't feel like answering the phone today. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to make that time to have a Zoom call or, or you know, again, through whatever channel, um, again, does speak to the, the wonders that Clubhouse has done and connecting people and yes listening active listening is important so i'm a um i didn't get, get a chance to share, share this but you know i'm a human resources or human capital um partner in a global biotech company and so by profession and obligation i ought to be actively listening and i do um but you know on my off time and now especially in clubhouse i am doing more active listening and the key there right is to do and i'm sure you know this but for others that maybe don't um, it's about being able to repeat back to the to the speaker what you've heard um, to show that active listening. And then you, you start, you know, hey, you build that connection again because they feel or they know that you were listening because you, they were able to regurgitate what you had just said. Um, and, th and that's all a part of the business of empathy. And if I, if I may, I'm going to kind of plug my clubhouse room, if that's okay with you. Feel free. Go ahead. <laughs> sure, right? So, I mean, I'm, I am the co-host and co-moderator of the Empathy First Club. And uh, we have shows on Mondays and Fridays regularly every week. But then every other Wednesday, we'll have a special event where we're having maybe a guest speaker um, or a, a particular topic. And so the purpose of the club is to truly do what the title says, put empathy first and trying to make some sort of positive change and impact, not just on Clubhouse, but on social media and hopefully the world later on. So, you know, we hope that anybody that comes into our rooms, and please, Dan, I know you're invited, um, anybody that comes into our room, you know, we hope that at least one person can take away something good from our conversations and truly try to put empathy first. None of us are experts, but I mean, you know, we're trying to go through this together, just like we all try to go through things together as we evolve over the years. And I appreciate that because it does take a lot of empathy, doesn't it? I feel that yes. there's empathy and compassion. And um, it, a big thing for me is intimacy, you know? Yes. Um, and that's, you know, really exploring intimacy with, um, in combination with empathy as well because I feel that it's, it can be very much an intimate moment for that person to share um, and very much for yourself to, to kind of be able to recognize and find parts of who you are to empathize with someone's situation. Um, I guess some people can mix and it mix it and it becomes very much blurred lines between sympathy and empathy. Um, yeah. and, and I truly, find, 
yeah it's <laughs> and I truly I tr- yeah I truly find it um fascinating that you know when I'm looking at different psychological makeups of people who literally cannot empathize with another human being and I guess to be able to teach and explore and to be able to listen to other people's stories and their tips and their ideas and um their own journeys really starts to build those foundations for those as well who do struggle with that um and I I just yeah so thank you for that Ruth I'm definitely going to come in and say hi I'm pretty sure I invited you so please make sure you come (laughs) I think the times again the times are going to be off because you're you're I believe eight hours ahead of pacific time Mm -hmm. um so I mean you know if you're if you happen to be awake like some of us on clubhouse are mm. you know feel free to pop in <laughs> <laughs> what time you didn't mention the times oh sure so there's it's 7 p.m um eastern time 4 p.m pacific so then i think you're five hours ahead of eastern so yeah, yeah. okay yeah I, can, I definitely can make i definitely can make sure um one or two definitely Sure. Yeah. So on Mondays, it's, it's like a, it's like a discussion, open discussion. Hey, we'll pick a, a special topic and then we'll invite people on stage and we'll talk about, you know, that topic on Fridays. We just had one yesterday, of course. Right. So Fridays it's, it's like a let's decompress room. Ooh. What obstacle did we overcome this past week? And maybe what are we looking forward to this weekend yeah. or, you know, whatever the person's weekend is. But yesterday's um, special topic was treat yourself um, from Ooh. the parks and rec uh, TV show. Um, where, hey, how are you trying to treat yourself this mm-hmm. weekend? Um, mm-hmm. And we sh- a lot of people were sharing. And my goodness, I, I kept on talking because I kept having to come on after somebody shared and say, my goodness, that is a great way to um, do self-care. So let me try to take that. And so some of us were saying, we're probably going to take away from every single person share and do that this mm-hmm. weekend, make like a hodgepodge of, mm-hmm. of self-care techniques to try to make ourselves feel better for, for, for some reason it's it's been uh, people had had a difficult week and so this was it was great to share all these ideas mm. so how are you treating yourself this weekend um I'm here talking with you of course all right okay. I'll, I'll I'll call that out first um and um a couple of different ways I, I mentioned I was gonna someone was gonna order sushi I said you know what I'm gonna order a big platter of sushi mm. and, and just have a whole bunch of fish and rice and other things right um I, I actually do practice, um, 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 I, I, I put, I have face masks. I do that, that hygienic oh. you know, stuff. I take baths. I really do with the Epsom salts. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I, I had uh, told my, my friends yesterday, again, and these are friends on clubhouse, of course, mm-hmm. um, that I was actually going to disconnect from the app this weekend, not just from clubhouse, but from Instagram and, I only went on Clubhouse this morning to edit something on my bio, and then I, I left. So I, I logged out from all my devices um, on both apps, and I'm not going to be on social media this weekend. Oh, I love that. A nice digital detox. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's, Absolutely. That's powerful, especially with, um, you know, uh, being able to kind of navigate through your own emotions, because I mm-hmm. do find that you can... I guess even listening, you start to pick up the different frequencies in people's tone of voice and what the, what's going on. And it can be a lot to be absorbing and making those decisions consistently in your brain. 
No, I mean, think about the rooms that you are involved in, right? Uh, mm -hmm. About, you know, the men's self-love. Um, and I apologize if I got that wrong. Um, I think I was close, but you know, just the rooms that the rooms that I'm co-hosting now, mm -hmm. but then also some of the rooms that have been going on recently, there are a lot of deep, difficult conversations mm -hmm. that you almost, you have to be careful to not absorb all of that mm -hmm. emotion and negativity mm -hmm. and make it your own. And I actually am aware of people who are, absorbing that and making their someone else's problems theirs uh -huh. and they're carrying that burden and it's so difficult and so this week especially a lot of us were you know back channeling and texting or dming on different in different uh channels um that hey if you need to take care of if you need to disconnect for a day or two please do so take care of yourself because uh -huh. um there are a lot of you know there are a lot of sh people sharing again this negative stuff and we don't want to do what we call trauma dumping mm. um, you don't and you don't want to be in a room where you're, that's happening and then again yeah. you're absorbing all of it because maybe you're an empath um mm -hmm. and so now you're soaking up all of that yeah. yeah i'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah so i don't know what they call me it's, it's not mm -hmm. a clairvoyant it's like a clair it's something else it's what they call me but i have premonitions anyway Mm. yeah so, so I have the premonitions and I feel and I hear and I'm just like but I have very very solid strict boundaries so okay. I just don't get into somebody else's emotional discord and I'm very much aware of um of if I'm trying to take on someone else I think is this an avoidance what do I need to clear up in my own life why I'm trying to distract myself with somebody else's problem right so again I'm very much um, focused and really about decluttering and moving from that. So I applaud you with definitely taking a, a digital detox. Because, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, for some people, right, on especially just on the app, it's difficult. I mean, people yeah. are getting addicted and they've admitted, you know, they've used that word addicted because they cannot turn it off. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not saying, and I, so I offer to them, well, I, I just let them know that, hey, you know, I only come on the app at three in the morning. That's because I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Some people are going 24 hours, mm -hmm. just being active on the app, whether they're hosting rooms or participating in rooms mm -hmm. that, you know, I hope that they know that they can go ahead and say, I need to take a break or I can't right, deny or, or say no. It's absolutely okay to say no to somebody uh, who wants you to participate in their room if it's for the betterment of yourself and taking care of yourself. I especially had to do it this week because I think it was on Thursday. Mm -hmm. It might have been Wednesday night. For some reason, before I went into the intergenerational trauma, overcoming intergenerational trauma room on Clubhouse, I actually broke down and I cried mm -hmm. for three minutes. Mm -hmm. Out of nowhere, I Ooh. just broke down and cried and it was sobbing, crying. Mm. and it, I didn't know where it came from and so okay. I realized again that again being so you know uh, aware of what I was going through that yeah I do need a detox because I may have heard some things earlier this week or mm -hmm. whatever that triggered something and so let me just be one with myself are you an empath I don't believe so there are, I I'm you know look, looking at the definitions and, and the 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 mm -hmm. what is it the um what's the word I'm looking for <sighs> the the traits of an empath ah, i'm yeah. probably 50 50 so i don't know if there's a term for that i haven't mm -hmm. done a whole lot of research on it mm -hmm. but i there are things that i do and there are definitely things i don't do as an empath so i wouldn't necessarily say i'm an empath mm -hmm. i'm a hybrid unless there again there there is a term <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know if there's a term um it's quite intriguing actually because i remember the first time i stumbled across 
you know, are you an empath? Are you with this? Are you with that? The, the actual titles for them, because in my Jamaican culture, it was very much more like a spiritual kind of thing that you naturally have. Like, it, so it was never given a title of what it is. So I've seen sure. it when I was a child with like my grandparents, my like my own parents, my aunts, wider family. Do you know what I mean? So when sure. people when I when people are able to kind of put titles on them, it's quite intriguing. So I quite like the fact that you have created the hybrid because <laughs> because it's true I just feel like some people some people might box themselves in and there is more to the the soul and the spirit and the energy and the frequency that you're you're um, emitting than just a title of you're an empath because you could yeah. you could be encompassing so much more well, I, I think there are a couple of things to that, or and there, or maybe there's a reason for why I'm, I would consider myself a hybrid. And again, that's not mine; that's probably somebody's. But um, I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Um, if I can avoid people, I absolutely will, because it's so much energy to be that extrovert um, as an extroverted introvert. So yes, I'm loud. I will take over a meeting or a group session. I will, if no one's doing it, hey, for the betterment of everybody, I'm gonna do it. Because again, I'm that servant, right? Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's the introvert in me that's not allowing me to have those other traits of the absolute empath. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But then a friend of mine, I was talking, I was letting them know that again, I had self-diagnosed and she's a licensed clinical social worker. And she, had, I was telling her about it and she was like, actually, you know, Josh, you, you, I think it's fine because I don't believe in having diagnoses be that that title or that you know or, mm. or, or that term you, you don't necessarily have to to take on that diagnosis because mm -hmm. there will be times where maybe you're you go in and out of it mm -hmm. because oh, excuse me um so if you say you're a you have sad or maybe you're okay we'll say if you're an empath well there are going to be times where you're probably not portraying the traits of an empath mm -hmm. and so do you really want to box yourself in right mm -hmm. But then if you are not truly an empath and displaying all those traits, then what does that do to your psyche? Does mm -hmm. that make you wonder like, oh, then what's my purpose then? Or what mm -hmm. really am I? So then you start freaking yourself out and getting anxiety mm -hmm. for something that probably isn't um, important. So maybe, you know, um, titles or um, labels, um, mm -hmm. having labels isn't so important as long as you're maybe just aware that you can you know, have these things or maybe not have those things. And as long as you're uh, able to identify those things, I think you'll be fine. I like that because it touches on the fact that when I'm speaking to clients and I talk about labels, mm -hmm. you know, I always ask them to look at the labels that you've been given by friends, by family, by parents, um, labels that you've attached to yourself and why have you done mm -hmm. that? Because those can literally be forms of as I see positive negativity you know and um because you try to live up to some of those labels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. and there's a level of expectation that you yes. have put on yourself a level of pressure that's right. there and I feel that some of these especially coming into the topic about men again there mm -hmm. are a lot of these titles and expectations and so-called definitions of what it is to be a man right. that have been thrusted upon them and all of a sudden it doesn't even fit with their personality type it mm -hmm. doesn't even fit with their interests or what they like or what their desires are 
and you know you're seeing people waking up years later like oh my gosh I didn't live a life that was fulfilling to myself because x y and z or jack tim and martin or whoever was like well no um you should have done this and it's about self-acceptance and for me I feel that the more that as individuals that we embrace the fact that we are all have a reason to be here and we're a nice ripple effect in the collective consciousness you know the better it will be because it's so beautiful to be an individual it's so beautiful to discover your own universe it's so exciting to see the parts of yourself that you didn't know you didn't know you know and um I think the more men can hold on to that that it's exciting for them to not just be oh I am you know Andy and I have worked in this particular job and this is what my friends and family see me as and then they can say oh Andy would do that oh how do you know how do you know do you know oh Andy that job's not for you oh Andy don't be an entrepreneur oh it's not for you you know you're the who are you to project your own limitations onto somebody else and I feel that that's something that is happening with men there's a projection of other people's limitations of where they can go with their self-expression where they can go with their creativity with their abstract thinking or down to the soul level of understanding of the vessel that what's inside the vessel you know I just feel there's just so much more to it this is why I did the podcast because I just feel like men should explore their vulnerability because there is so much power in it and until they tap into it fear will be their driver you know and fear in a negative way because fear can be for me fear can be a positive driver it could be like you know fear that I will never be like where I need to be what might take you to the next level like because oh, you're going to be like oh, I need to do that but the fear of actually understanding yourself for me I feel that would be the biggest loss for so many human beings and the biggest loss for so mm-hmm. many men of never truly seeing yourself never truly being seen by another person because you yourself are too too scared to explore and so yeah you saw you see me nodding over here and maybe writing things down because I absolutely agree with you and I, I think I've, I've been able to formulate my my response or my my add or share to what you're just talking about so okay absolutely expectations they yeah they they probably are do they, it is doing a disservice or they are doing a disservice to men or, or people in general but for the for the sake of, of this conversation we'll say men um if I can offer anything to the listeners, it would be that absolutely what you were just talking about, about expectations and maybe trying to get away from them. Um, it is absolutely important. So growing up all the way up to maybe, you know, last year or a couple of years ago, I was trying to live up to expectations. Someone's expectation, doesn't matter who, someone's expectation, I absolutely was. Um, and it wasn't until again, last year, when I ex- acknowledged and accepted everything that I was going through, but also that I let go, I truly let myself go from those expectations. And I said, you know what, let me try this. Let me be vulnerable. Let me you know, wanna share and speak about my problems. Let me do things 
that are not you know, expectations, but let me go and explore and have the freedom to do this. And since then, since last year, I have just been on this ridiculous, crazy path and journey that uh, has allowed me and afforded me the opportunity to be here with you today. If I did not let myself go from those expectations, I would not be here and I would not be able to you know, be speaking to the listeners and whoever else that may be in a room or in anywhere that I'm at. Um, I wouldn't be able to be helping, trying to help people because at the end of the day, my purpose and my why is to serve others so that they may be successful. I love that. I just love the way you speak and articulate everything. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, as a, well, because you're working in HR, you said you're a HR partner, correct? Yes. Um, how has your vulnerability, because you mentioned it before about, you know, being able to be an active listener, but how has, how has your vulnerability um, kind of allowed you to, I guess, understand the employees and the infrastructure and the well-being processes mm-hmm. for other people? I'm intrigued by that. Like, how has it how has it changed things within the organization from your perspective, based on your experiences? Sure, sure. So, you know, from my the earlier in my career in the military, and I did HR there as well, um, and I descended through um, the ranks really quickly. Um, when I last year, when I again, I after I acknowledged and accepted everything, and um, was ready to be vulnerable. I actually was to my manager um, and my and and their manager and high, you know high level director level vice president level and above, and I was actually and you know, well hang on I, I don't think I mentioned where where I work so it's fine, um, but I actually was being vulnerable to them and starting to speak and be truthful, mm-hmm. and I was actually they actually came back to me and said Josh we actually can't have you we we cannot have you being that vulnerable just, and I'm paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. you know, you put, you put out, you put this out of office reply out that you're taking a mental health day. Yeah. That's probably not a good look because it may destroy your credibility as that trusted HR partner. And I was so taken aback by that. I was so upset that I was willing to leave the company at that very moment because several people had reached out to me saying, Hey, you can't, we, we can't ask be asking you to do that or we can't have you doing that because again, people will, lo- will lose trust in you because you're saying you have to take a mental health day and there again is the stigma, right? And so I reeled it back in for a while, but then the pandemic hit. So this was late February, early March when this all happened. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I was so heavily involved in, um, in one of my, with one of my clients that I actually um, contribute to COVID testing and, and enabling, you know, the likes of Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson to create the vaccine. So that's the type of company I work for. That even up to this point, and especially now since we've been more than a year into the pandemic, that being vulnerable, I've now said, hey, no, I will be. I, I've done it again this year where I've said, no, I will be, and I will not have anybody tell me otherwise. If you don't like it, you can. You have a couple of options, but I'm not going to change who I am and what I'm comfortable with doing. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I believe it's important now that they see that I'm being vulnerable. And I'm asking my clients, who, you know, they are um, senior directors, vice presidents as well. And I'm saying to them, 
please take a moment, pause with your employees and talk to them, really talk to them and say, hey, how are you doing? Maybe pay them a compliment because there's, a, there's an article I read in HBR about how, you know, if you pay somebody a compliment, not only is the complimentee going to feel better, but the complimenter is going to feel better. So everybody wins in that scenario. So why not do that? Or just expressing gratitude mm -hmm. because, you know, we've been, we've been working throughout the pandemic and people are burned out. People are tired. Mm -hmm. So be vulnerable. Say, hey, you know, employee, uh, Billy, I'm tired too. So I know how, how tired you are and frustrated you are. You know what? Maybe let me offer you this day off, you know, tomorrow or next week. Just, just take it. it. It doesn't matter, right? Do what you need to do. Um, because if we're not being able to be empathetic to the employees, they're not going to, they're going to think that we're, you know, just providing lip service and we don't care about anything but the bottom dollar. So it's even more important to me and, and, and necessary for me to be vulnerable. Uh -huh. with my clients and, and their employees because they need to know that they're not the only ones struggling in some way, shape or form during this chaotic time. Uh -huh. um, we all are. And so let's get together because in the, in, in the Marine Corps, which is the, the branch of service that I was in, there was a saying that, you know, if you can get through, you know, crap together, if you go, go through like the worst, the worst experiences in life together, you build a bond and you're able to get through the crap together and it makes you stronger at the end of the day and going forward. So we've been through this pandemic. Let's all gather together uh, figuratively, not physically, of course, or literally to ensure that we're not spreading anything. Um, and, and let's, you know, share our, 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 um, our struggles and, 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 and let's be vulnerable, not have a full-blown kumbaya session, mm -hmm. but let's just acknowledge and, and express, hey, we all have gone through things, some more difficult than others, but mm -hmm. we, we hear you, we're here for mm -hmm. you. What can we do to help you um, in the short and long term? You see, I find that really, um, I, I find that really uh, powerful, especially because I'm intrigued because when I'm looking at, when I when I have to work with HR they tend to be women um and yeah I know they tend to be women more so than men and no they are and I, I'm always the one male in a group mm -hmm. of women in HR so I just wanted to say that mm. see this is interesting so I, I feel I feel that like this is even uh, more groundbreaking as a man doing this in HR no not like I'm discrediting the women um, even more groundbreaking as a man in HR saying I'm taking a mental health day because the truth is for most governments across the world they are having to throw millions upon millions into mental health so the fact that you are teaching others to be aware and be proactive about understanding their employees is so important you know um, acknowledgement is sometimes the one thing that people need just to say, I understand. I, I, I wanted to interject too, because, you know, when I did put that out of office reply on, mm -hmm. it was mental health awareness month, I believe it was, or, or, or week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I did this intentionally because I wanted people to understand that it's okay mm -hmm. to take that day, whatever day it is, mm -hmm. to take that day off. Because again, people do, companies spend millions in trying to help you know, in trying to help later on when, you know, the time has come and gone and things have progressed or, or digressed mm -hmm. so terribly. 
that I was trying to build awareness. And mm-hmm. so the fact that I had my, you know, my, my superiors telling me, hey, maybe let's not do that. Can you change that, please? We don't like that. It's going to destroy your credibility. I thought was a slap in the face. And I really was upset about it because, again, in that moment, it was very intentional. And I wanted to raise awareness that it's okay to do this. And then, of course, right, the pandemic hit. And here we are a year later. And I'm taking a more active approach than I already was in trying to build awareness for mental health. You know, kudos to you, because I feel this is, is a, it's an amazing turning point. This pandemic has created awareness on a whole different level. And um, I've read in studies before, um, in journals before, talking about the amount of mental health for those who are in senior positions anyway. You know, CEOs are cracking up. Their therapy bills are through the roof. Um, And what I'm intrigued to know is as a HR partner, do you also encourage um, things like alternative therapy? Because they've looked at, you know, there have been studies coming out that traditional therapy can reinforce things such as trauma. So, and then you've got so many different, so many different ways to kind of work through, you know, different forms of difficulties, traumas, mental health. Um, is this something you also encourage your business partners to be aware or do you get them to test things out themselves this is quite interesting so you actually just made me think of something that last statement there so I'll try to get back to it Um, okay um, I promote whatever program you know for wellness or any other program just generically Mm -hmm if I'm made aware of a particular situation where I have to de-escalate or get, you know, really involved in maybe, you know, a client or, or um, an employee is, is going through some sort of trauma. And I've had my share of, of, of employees dealing with trauma in just the past year, mm. then yes, I'll get more specific. So, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be cancer, sexual assault, mm-hmm. had that, mm-hmm. um, go, you know, um, and then just, you know, COVID, anything COVID related, like I'm truly, talking with these people in Mm -hmm. one-on-one sessions, Mm. you know, um, and and, and I will offer them the curated version of the wellness program Mm -hmm. at a higher level for this, the, the, you know, the senior clients, you know, generically, again, providing awareness of the programs available or the amenities available or benefits. But then there are, there will be some things that I dive into because maybe it's relevant in that period of time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we call we have what it's called an employee assistance program um you know they offer a whole host of resources from the entire spectrum but maybe you know um in the pandemic hey no it's more about let's we're uh, employees get three or four free counseling sessions if Mm -hmm. they go through or or if they're going through a traumatic event Mm -hmm. each traumatic event is three or four sessions um i've not seen anybody get turned away from after the three or four the third or fourth session but I don't know, but you you mentioned you know um, being able to go through maybe under to go through the program and and maybe try to advocate for it that way. In general, I am the type of person, and this is just the way that I am, so it has nothing to do with my profession. That I like to understand something, okay. I would like to experience it and go through it, so okay. that I can tell my clients this is what you can expect. Okay. It's all about that teaching and mentoring and being that servant leader. Because if I say, hey, go take advantage of this thing and go to this website and do this, of course, they're going to ask, well, it's not so clear. So where do I need to go? 
So I actually do intentionally try to go in there and understand and say, okay, if I, if I gave these directions, can I even do it? Uh-huh. And if, if I, if I find that I can't, I try to build something and, and offer that to the person uh-huh. so that they can navigate through it easily. So that's just the type of person that I am. So there have been times where, yes, I've taken advantage of programs. To, like I, I mentioned the teledoc, right? The, the, the virtual uh, medical or, um, service, um, I've gone through that. So I can absolutely, you know, advocate for it and, and, and uh, speak to whoever needs, you know, who would like, who would like to speak with me to go through that process and get, seek the help or treatment that they look forward to or that they need. Okay. That's, I feel that's, that's good though. Um, because it means that you're very much hands-on and yeah. it also shows that this is coming from a place of trust. And I, I feel that's very important um, mm-hmm. because when people are dealing with, forms of trauma that might come up or issues that they might they might even be hiding you know they don't necessarily want to explore straight away there has Mm -hmm. to be a level of well how do you know are you okay with this can you trust can I trust you with my own vulnerability and the fragility of my heart and my soul you know yeah I get that get that oh gosh Josh this has been great I've been loving all this I um, know, I know. We're well over time. So I mean, I, I don't know if you need to go somewhere. <laughs> we can <laughs> no, keep talking if you like. No, 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 this is my um, this is my Saturday evening, so I'm good to go. I was okay. going to listen to um one of my new audio books, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm good to go. I'm really enjoying the conversation, so I'll probably sure. listen to it later on in the evening. Okay. And fall asleep as usual, listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh gosh, where am I? I'm like, am I chatting already? What? Oh (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, so yeah, so this is the you know I I love this, and you know first and foremost, congratulations to you for just being an amazing human being, and 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 you know in standing up for what you believe in. And that's something that so many of us have wanted to do. And then because there's been like a, you know, a whole, there's three or four or five that might come together, they back down, but you were just like, no, that's strength. That's that's showing strength in your own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I, I really do hope that listeners come away with, that even when you feel like you're outnumbered, you know, it's important that you, you choose yourself, you choose your happiness, you choose your emotional, mental, physical, spiritual well-being above all. Talking about spiritual (laughs) well-being. Thank you. And if if I may just comment on on a couple of those things, uh, or make a comment on a couple of those things. Um, I, I, I believe I've absolutely been outnumbered quite a lot in my, in my career, but also growing up. Um, I actually have, you know, there were, I do pick and choose my battles. And so being able to, you know, stand up for what I believe in, it's not, it wasn't just a one-off thing or like, Hey, you know, I feel like I'm going to do this today. I was, I've been more strategic. So where I will, you know, again, uh, Hey, we'll go along with this thing that you're recommending. But when it comes to this, I will stand my ground. And you have, again, you have a couple of options that you can, you can do if you don't like the way I'm going about it. But I would say that to the listeners that it's it's important to be careful with that because you probably should be in a place where you're comfortable enough to do that and understand the ramifications and consequences if you decide to take that stand. So make sure that it's something that you believe in. It is probably the right thing to do. 
Um, and you know, if, if, if you say yes to all those things that they are um, worth it, then yeah, stand your ground and, you know, do, again, deal with the, ask for forgiveness, not for permission in that circumstance. Yeah. Wise words, wise words. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to go into, you said you were outnumbered even when you were, when you were, when you were younger, when you were a child, when you were mm -hmm. in your family, how, how, in what respect, how were you outnumbered? In... Oh, okay. So I'm the oldest of four. Um, and I, and I, and, and, um, and I have a lot of cousins as well. And so I was the oldest of all the children. And so, you know, I raised them and, and whatnot, but I've been outnumbered um, because I was the oldest. I didn't have a great bond like the younger kids did with one another. So I was always that person alone. But, you know, I was outnumbered in school. I, 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 I was bullied throughout my time in school. Um, you know, from maybe the third grade, grade three. So I'm what, eight years old at that time up to even the age of 16. Um, so I've been outnumbered and I didn't have friends or if I had friends, they abandoned me in probably my most time of need. And so I've been outnumbered and I've been alone at different times. So that's why I've actually, I developed trust issues, mm -hmm. um, not just from, you know, the intergenerational trauma, but from just from the way people um, have behaved or have acted with or toward me. Mm -hmm. um, when I left at 18 to join the military and come to the you know mainland United States, again, being from the island of Guam, who, what is that? Is that even America? Is that, what do you speak? You, you don't sound like you're from some lake, some place. Your English is really good. Um, there's no accent or anything. Um, and so people then would, you know, clicks of course are a thing, just like in, in college and in school, it, it exists everywhere, even in the workplace, right? So mm -hmm. I've always found myself to be in a position where yes, I was outnumbered because they were the status quo and mm -hmm. I challenged it. And I was alone until I found somebody who I actually, we, when we first met, we did not like each other. We hung out a few times with other friends or in groups, but um, we had kept track of each other's career as we were going through the Marine Corps and the military. But um, we eventually became great friends and really you know, um, extended family now. Um, my friend, um, his name is Juan um, and we both, found ourselves to do the exact same thing and challenge the status quo and be the ones to stand up and say, hey, this is wrong or I don't agree with this while everybody else was kind of playing the political game um, and you know, kissing, kissing butt um, or, or, or groveling and kneeling you know, at, the, at the throne. Um, we were not those people. Um, and it didn't help that because we had both accelerated in our career that we were the youngest in that group. So not only were we <laughs> standing up and going against the grain, but we were also the youngest. And so people would think that people would, you know, call us punks and whatever, like, oh, there are these young guys just trying to take everything over. Um, and then, you know, being the only male in, in HR and on my team, there are very few of us. Um, we are the minority, but, um, you know, we like it. But yeah, there are times where, you know, hey, a, a group of women can be pretty brutal to a guy, um, oh, even in the, even in the profession, it doesn't matter, right? It, it happens, clicks happen. And so, yes, I generally find myself to be um, outnumbered and on the opposite side. Mm. So I've been listening and um, this has been quite a running theme. 
of either loneliness, isolation, mm -hmm. um, and overcoming. Yeah. That's how it feels when I'm listening. You know, when you're listening, that's what I'm I'm hearing very much. Um, like, yeah, just it just feels like you are very much in the season of thriving. Yeah. So you see, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You like that. <laughs> I do, I do. And it's true. It's true. I mean, I'm I'm thriving. I mean, again, we're here doing this podcast. I mean, I, again, I've had converse, conversations with people all this week. People ask me to come join their rooms and be a speaker. These, you know, this is happening a lot quicker than I anticipated. Um, but you know, very much what it, it very much is what I was hoping for. Um, and so, yes, I would agree. I'm thriving. I mean, even at work, in my corporate job, I am thriving. Um, and you know, on my off time, I do. I I invest. I make investments. I I, do, I trade. Um, and I'm. This week has just been a great week for me. Okay. <laughs> I just have. I'm just really happy for you. You know. Thank you. Um, yeah, I am really happy for you because. It's it's interesting. Depending on the questions you ask, would depend mm -hmm. on how much this extroverted introvert gives me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. Or oh, not just me to the audience. Even though it's like sure. one to one here to exactly. the audience. <laughs> 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 I forget because everyone's going to listen at some point. But like right. you know, that it's not just uh, this is about everybody else or the men listening. Um. And if you remember, right we've talked for over an hour now and we still have not I still have not talked about all of my story right or all of my journey mm -hmm. again it's been piecemeal mm -hmm. so you planted that seed earlier on earlier on you already told yeah. me you, that it's, it's I, in pieces that I guess it's when you're ready you know Sorry, don't mean to well I don't know if it's that I'm, when I'm ready I I, I, I had this idea just last year again when I accepted everything right mm -hmm. that I, I think my story could be a good book or a movie or something because again in the more than an hour we've spoke I haven't even talked touched on some of the very you know the heavy hits right mm -hmm. and it's really because well I mean it depends on who's asking the question what the topic is mm -hmm. um and it's not like we have time to go through every single thing that I have gone through I mean because mm -hmm. we, we haven't even spoke about my time in um um, as a diplomat, um, my time where I was working for the, you know, for the U.S. State Department and working at embassies for three years, mm -hmm. and in just those experiences, what I endured, because, I mean, if we were to ever get into it, and maybe we can next time, we can talk about how I likely, I, or I can pinpoint where my PTSD comes from, oh. or at least the most recent event um, for PTSD, and it happened in that three-year span that we, I've never even discussed today. That means you have to come back <laughs> Well, hey, only if you'll have me, okay? Of course, you know I'll have you. Because I feel like sure. I'm like when I'm listening to you, I can feel I'm scra we're scratching the surface here. We've yeah. not even deep dived into yeah. certain areas of your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm ready to deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and um, 
I guess you know as well I, I was thinking about asking you certain questions and I just sure. I didn't want to go too far in there because I wasn't sure where mm-hmm. you were at you know yeah. um, and what you yeah. wanted to share and mm-hmm. um, I do feel that this is I love how you just I love how you like titillated the audience's imagination there <laughs> <laughs> I want the listeners to come back for some more. That's I'm just trying to help. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely on that note, then um, I will wrap it up here so okay. that everyone has uh, some more to come back to. I'm dying exactly. to know now. I'm exactly. like, how did you just leave me with this? this yeah, yeah. I tell you, feel free to to bring questions, and I. So now, you know, I'm perfectly fine with being open. And if things change, if, if like, you know, in the middle of the conversation, then I'll, I'll say so. So please feel free. Okay. Okay, Josh. Well, it has been a pleasure to have you on. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. Um, I do as well. And you'll definitely have to come back on. I, I cannot believe how, how long we've been speaking. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Likewise. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of its Blossoming Season podcast. And what is reason for the season? (laughs) The reason for the season is men's vulnerability. And men, we see you, we feel you, and we support you. And if you feel that this episode has been beneficial for yourself, or you feel it will be beneficial for anyone else that you know, Send it on to a friend, a family member, a work colleague, to a stranger that you just bump into in a coffee shop. It really doesn't matter. Um, If you want to get in contact with myself or anyone on the episodes, the links are always below. You can find me at Blossoming Seasons, that's plural, on Instagram. You can find me at Dana Taylor on LinkedIn. Or you can come directly to the website, which is www.blossomingseason, that's just with the N, (laughs) .com. Okay, everyone, sending you all lots of love, and I'll see you next week, Wednesday, 7pm, BST. Uh, Find out what it means to me. (laughs) Take care.